Clip City is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know that Clippers ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. So go ahead and go to the App Store or Play Store right now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Yo, yo, welcome to episode three of the Clip City Podcast. I am your host, Yovan Buha, Clippers beat writer for The Athletic. I am joined by... Wozni, a.k.a. Big Woz Lambray. You already know the vibes, Yovi. <laughs> So, Waz, this was uh, – we're, we're coming to you live after the Clippers' 111-96 win over the Hornets. This was their fourth game of the season. They improved to 3-1. and one. Um, This is a bit of an ugly first half, yeah. uh, similar to the, the Clippers' last game against the Suns, which they lost, where they were tied basically with a team they had no business being tied with. Uh, in that game, they ended up losing. This game, they pulled away 1-15. by 15. Uh, What did you th- – what was kind of your takeaway of the second half and, and sort of the, the tale of two halves in this game? Well, to me, it's it's one of those things where they're a very veteran-laden team. Um, they know that they're really good already. And this Charlotte team is so inept, it's kind of <laughs> easy. <laughs> it's kind of easy to understand why they would come out very lackadaisical, even though they jumped out on them the, um, yeah. to start the game. The, the starting unit did. Uh, it's sort of when Lou Will and the bench mob came in, they let that lead go. But it's understandable. It's Charlotte. It's a you know a Monday night. Uh, uh, they're just getting. They, you know they they're on a slow build. It seems for this whole season. Um, but in the second half, you saw them put the screws on defense. Um, Kawhi sort of took over. I thought what he did specifically with the playmaking again which to me has been a revelation all season. I thought even in the playoffs last year there were times where his playmaking, you know, left a lot to be desired, whereas he's come out this season and is just finding the open man constantly and pick and roll or even if he just beats his man by himself. Uh, that was really impressive. I thought Kawhi just took over in the second half. I'm calling it now. This is my first bold prediction of the season. Okay. I think if Kawhi Leonard plays 70-plus games, he's going to win MVP. And I'm looking right now at his numbers. I, I tweeted it out post game. Through four games, he's averaging 27 points, six and a half rebounds, seven and a half assists. Those are LeBron type numbers, yep. like, you know, a shade under prime LeBron. Uh, 1.8 steals, 1.3 blocks. And he's doing that in 28.8 minutes. So yeah. imagine ramping that up 32, 33, yeah. 34. He's putting up, you know, 28, 29, seven rebounds, eight assists, you know, two steals and a block and a half. Like, it's just what he's been able to do in such a short amount of time. Like, you know, he's not even averaging 29 minutes a game. And, and there's no other star in the league right now that, that's playing that few of minutes. Um, now, again, it's early. It's four games. A lot can happen. He could get injured. Uh, he could load manage 15 games, and, and that kind of knocks him out of the race. But from my, my best guess of, of how much he's going to sit out, I think it's going to be 8 to 12 games. And if he's healthy otherwise and he ends up playing 70 to 74 games, even with reduced minutes – I think he's going to be in the center of that MVP race. Now, you know, there's Giannis, there's, there's James Harden. I would say Steph, but the Warriors are trash. Right. <laughs> uh, uh, like, I mean, there's going to be a Jokic, Embiid, if he can stay healthy. Like, there's going to be other guys in the mix. But I really think that 
the narrative is kind of building right now with Kawhi Leonard coming off, you know, the last finals where, you know, it seems like people are considering him the best player in the league with adding this passing. I think that was kind of the one offensive weakness yep. in his game. He, he can shoot, he can post up, he could drive, he can run the pick and roll. Uh, now he can find guys out of the pick and roll, find shooters, find the, the role man. Uh, I, I just think right now, like, you know, offensively his game is as complete as it gets, uh, you know, outside of maybe like Kevin Durant. And then defensively, he still, you know, he slipped a little bit from the last couple of years, sure. but he's still one of the best ten defenders in the league. Like he, he's, so I just think when you factor that in, like I think there's a strong case that's starting to build. Yeah, and it's it's seeming that way. And a few other things that you didn't mention, um, you know, his usage percentage before coming into tonight. I think you you, you had tweeted out the stat that it was at about thirty seven percent. 38.7. 38 points, which is just – that's Westbrook and yeah. OKC level, Harden level. And at his efficiency, um, not just his shooting numbers, but you see the PER up there in the 34s. Like, that's just unheard of and obscene to have that level of usage and that level of efficiency. Again, I think the only knock – not even a knock on this team when people were trying to predict what they would do coming into the season, people sort of factored in, you know, the idea that he'd probably miss around 15 to 16 games, um, that the, that he might not have the volume in order to get to the MVP. And also, like, when people were talking about the Clippers should win about 53, 54 games again, uh, counting that Paul George would miss a sizable amount of games and that Kawhi would load manage. But if he's going to play 70-plus games, um, they're, they're going to easily clear the 54, 55, 56 win mark. Um, and that should put him at the top of the league, quite frankly. I don't think anybody's going to run away with wins this year um, that you've seen in like years past where Golden State was getting 73 and 67 <laughs> and things of that nature. So I think they're going to be at the top of the league standings-wise as long as Kawhi's on the floor. And, of course, they're bringing back Paul George. And, yeah, again, if, you, if, if he re- continues at this ridiculous usage rate and this ridiculous efficiency i don't see how you go against them for mvp i guess you just brought up paul george so that that's another factor that sure. might take away from that i mean he'll probably end up missing i think overall 15 to 20 games sure. including potentially resting throughout the season so his case probably won't be there but we've seen it in the past with like steph and kd or uh, even kd and, and russ and and you know just superstar teammates top 10 guys together like it usually kind of cannibalizes the vote where yeah you know so i guess it depends how much paul george ends yeah up playing, i don't but. see but see the thing is i don't think paul george coming back is gonna affect Kawhi's usage rate um or how often he's in charge of what's happening with the offense i think the other guys yeah, whether it be Lou, will trez yeah. those guys who have you know they've been picking up the load offensively obviously with the bench mob um, I think Kawhi is going to continue to dominate the ball whenever he's in the game because, quite frankly, that's their best option, right? Uh, Doc, in the press conference today, they asked him how um, what's the process been like with integrating Kawhi Leonard into the offense, and he's like, you just give him the ball. <laughs> like, it's not complicated. Give him the ball, get out of his way, and things are going to happen. And, you know, he's doing it. He's getting to the line. You know, we talked earlier before the game. I'd like to see him get his three-point totals up. You know, I'd like to see him get seven up a game because he's that quality level of his shooter. Um, I'd like to see him shoot some more threes. But other than that, he's getting to the line. The mid-range is he's clearly the most deadly mid-range shooter in the NBA today because yeah. he's able to do it off the catch and shoot 
off the dribble, off of a screen and roll. Like, no matter what, he's able to get to his spot. Nobody's able to move him. And he's rising and firing and just, you know, deadly accurate already. So I think you're going to continue to see him um, excel on the offensive end, even when Paul George comes back. Can you explain to me why Patrick Patterson's starting at the four when you got Mo Harkless and Jermichael Green coming off the bench? To me, that that would seem like just a floor spacing thing. Um, Because Patterson is not somebody who's going to linger in the paint. At this point, it's like try to knock down a corner three winner if you can. And it's just Doc being typical NBA coach and liking his vets. You know, like he's like, I like the experience. I like the guy's moxie. Um, Personally, yeah, I'd like to see Mo Harkless get in a few minutes just so he can get acclimated with the players that actually matter on this team. Uh, You know, Jermichael Green, I'm, I'm not as convinced as everybody else is about his shooting touch. Um, I, you know, I think yeah, it pressure one for four tonight. Yeah, deep. yeah. I, I, I'm not, I'm not as sold as a lot of people are. And Harkless, of course, is up and down with that. But again, it's not like Patrick Patterson has <laughs> been like Tony Kukoc or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the guy has, uh, he's been hit a miss. It's weird to me because the way it was kind of explained to me is it's kind of like a placeholder thing. Like right, when PG comes back, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be surprised to see Pat still starting, but. He's playing more than than you know Mo and, and Jamichael, and to me, from from watching the first four games, there's no credible way you can say he's been better than either of those two. Right. And and this is probably the second or third game now that he's played more than both of them. So, well, okay. that to me is a little bit like, and, and I you know something that um, that Justin Russo tweeted about. So shout out to Justin was that I think Zoo has only played like three minutes this season without Pat Patterson as his four. Like, I want to see Zoo with, with Jermichael Moore, with Mo Moore, and, and just kind of see how that front court pairing works because, like, heading into the season, Pat Patterson was like the 12th guy. Like, he yeah. was projected five minutes a game, maybe eight minutes a game. But for him to kind of leapfrog both of those guys and start, it's one thing if it's like 15 minutes a night, but the fact that he's playing – you know, 23 and a half, you know, <laughs> Moe's playing 18 and a half. Jermichael's playing just under 22. Like it's a little bit concerning to me because we, we saw last season doc did his thing with Marcin Gortat and Avery Bradley, where both guys clearly not only shouldn't be starting, but they were like borderline, not rotation players at all. Right. And he continued to play them over Pat Beverly, Shea Gildress, Alexander, and, and you know, whoever else. So that that's my only cause for concern through the first four games. Like the, the defense has been up and down. There's some issues there, but I think Paul will will help that. I think Roddy Magruder will help that. But if Doc continues to play Pat Patterson, I'm, that concerns me a little bit. <laughs> okay, I think okay. So I think if the if the idea being that when Paul George comes back, he's going to slot right into that position that Pat Patterson currently occupies. If Doc is like, I want to keep these guys in their role that they're going to be going forward throughout the season, you can kind of understand it. And at the end of the day, they're still getting W's, right? Yeah. Like, they're 3-4. and four. They sh- Obviously, they shouldn't have lost to Phoenix. Um, I, I, You know... <laughs> The the Houston stop, the OKC stops, like it's been proven that Pat, this Pat Patterson thing might not be what it used to be anymore. Um, I you know I, I nobody would be happier than me to see the guy reemerge as a as a quality NBA rotation player, but you know it's super early in the season. Um, I don't think the Clippers are too worried about stuff like home court. Uh, I think they're just worried about figuring out what they got with this group of guys. Um, and I think you know. Doc isn't really known as a, a tinker 
like like for instance, Spo in Miami will just yeah. throw out a trillion different lineups. Um, because that's just what he what he yeah. likes to do. Doc is no, Doc's routine. Yeah, he, he, he's, likes he likes to stay more static. And... Yeah. Um, but I, I just it's hard for me to envision. You know, if we want to fast forward to April and May, where you and I both anticipate this team will be making deep playoff runs. I don't think Patrick Patterson is going to figure much into that equation, barring some bad injuries. I hope not, because I'm like, <laughs> like he, he, like the, I, I agree with you. He could space the floor, and you saw that in the Warriors game. He hit a career high six threes, and if he's shooting like that, all sure. right, play him as you know twenty right. twenty five minutes. But defensively, I think he's clearly the worst of those three. Yeah, you know, he has Mo, to be. Mo can defend one through four. Yeah, get steals and blocks. Like Jamichael, uh showed last season in the playoffs and stuff. Like he could switch. You know, I thought he probably did the best on KD in that that first round series against the Warriors and. You know, I just like him better defensively, and like Pat is a little—he's kind of burly, he's kind yeah. of slow, he's kind of stout, and and I just don't think he has that same defensive versatility. And you know, so maybe Paul George slots in. From what I've heard, they want to play those two at the the two and the three, and and have someone else at the four. So that's where my concern level raises a little bit. Where I'm like, maybe they're taking Landry out of this lineup, putting mm. Paul in, and keeping Pat. So we'll see. That, that's for down the road, but. Their next game is against the Utah Jazz, and, and that to me is is probably the biggest test of the season, even more than the Lakers game, because yeah. that that game, I mean, that game was a, a lot of hype, and it was like yeah. that battle. It's LA. a weird, it's a weird game, and it's, you know, it's the Lakers' first game of but the season. Kuzma it's, was out, yeah. Uh, you know, Rondo was out. Paul George is obviously out. Like that, Caruso, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm serious, so, yo. He's their best. He's that, their that, best. I, I think that's a sore subject for, for Clippers fans. But you see that Br. No, I didn't. Did. What, what happened? He, he was dunking on the whole like Clippers lineup. Br <laughs> was wilding with that one, man. <laughs> um, so, but sure, Caruso. Like, I just think that so many guys are missing in that that it's almost like you kind of got to throw that one out. Sure. Like, I mean, yes, I think there's some things that the Clippers did well that yeah. will you know happen again in that matchup. But Utah but is, is, is U- a Utah fully is like team, yeah, U- and Utah's a full strength, normal NBA game. And again, they're not going to have Paul George, but. I think Utah presents a lot of issues for the Clippers, you know, especially with Rudy Gobert inside that yep. size. Like, I think if there's one thing the Clippers clearly don't have, it's that dominant rim protector, rebounder. Right. Like, you know, Zoo can do it in certain, like, in a matchup like tonight where he had a career high five blocks. Uh, but against a Rudy Gobert, against a Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, I have some doubts about that. So I think it's a good test for for Zoo, for Trez, uh, for the the bigs, and just for the defense because. Utah has not been a good offensive team to start the season. They've had a lot of the same issues they've had in the years past, despite yeah. adding Mike Conley, Mike Conley and Bogdanovich. Mike Conley can't make a shot for some reason. Um, but. So I, I'm interested to see kind of, you know, if, if Utah puts up 115-120. Like, I thought it was telling the Warriors game. They let the Warriors – I mean, yes, they dropped 141 on the Warriors, but they let them score 122. Warriors' next game was against the Thunder. They only scored 92. And <laughs> it was a road game versus a home game, sure. so, like, there's some differences. But – you shouldn't be giving up 122 to that Warriors team. And, no. and I think that game mixed with the Suns game, mixed with this first half, like the Clippers have, have played more bad, you know, halves of, of defensive basketball this season than, than good. And going up against a Utah team in Utah, you know, the altitude, that's a tough crowd. Um, like I, I'm just very int- intrigued to see how they kind of handle that. Cause that to me is really the first test of the season road game in Utah, like prime time. Like that, that to me is, really going to kind of show me where this team's at through the first five games, I think. Yeah, and I think also why Utah presents a great challenge is because I think Donovan Mitchell is one of the few guys that's going to be able to 
be a consistent threat at the rim. Um, that's that's sort of his game, right? Like I don't know if you caught the highlights from Utah's game um, tonight. Uh, the final possession of the game, Donovan Mitchell just took his guy off the dribble and got to the rack, got fouled. Um, and that was my, to me, what would be the Clippers' biggest weakness defensively. Obviously, the wing depth. Um, you know, they can they got a lot of switchable wings. Uh, that's a strength of theirs on defense. I think interior uh, protecting the rim is where I think they will struggle. Right now, it's arguable that Kawhi Leonard is their best rim protector. Yeah. You know, yeah, like three, it, bo- it can, three blocks tonight. You know, it could be stated that their shooting guard is their best rim protector. Um, a la D Wade back in the days. Um, but yeah, I, I think Donovan Mitchell presents an interesting um, problem because one, he can get to the rim on his own, and also. You know, he's he's gotten better as being crafty and nifty enough in the pick and roll with Gobert in their chemistry where Gobert is obviously a vertical spacer yeah. and is always threatening the rim. So, you he's know, probably the best roller in the league. Exactly. Know. So those two in combination, um, you know, I'd love to see how the Clippers are going to handle that because to me, to my mind, that's their biggest weakness on defense is their interior, their, their ability to guard the rim. And that's actually where I think they're really going to miss Paul George because I think if they were playing Utah in a playoff series, he'd probably get that Donovan Mitchell. Like the, the Clippers have not been putting Kawhi on ball; they've been using him off the ball, where he's been disruptive. You know, tonight two steals, three blocks. Like he single-handedly can kind of just blow up actions by himself, yep. uh, which has really impressed me. And that's where I think, um, you know, I think he's slipped a bit on the ball. He's not the same guy. Like if you watch him, he gets beat off closeouts sometimes, yeah. and he, he's just not that. He's not the defensive player the year level of himself, but yeah, but but as a help defender, good, yeah. he, he his ability to to read actions and, and just kind of make the right play, make the right rotation, uh, I think is, is still as good as you know possibly anybody in the league. So, I think that's how they're going to use him more in that is is helping on that pick and roll. Right. But that's where you want PG on the ball, and you know I guess maybe they put Pat on the ball, but you know he he's doesn't have that size. Yeah, that he's PG too small has. for Mitchell. And Landry Shamit's actually done a pretty good job sticking with Steph Curry, uh, for example. And but he's a different type of offensive yep. player than Donovan, so I, that's going to be a test. You know, maybe they have to put Kawhi on him and, and just kind of hope that Kawhi's size can bother him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's and the thing was last season the Utah Jazz pick and rolled the Clippers to death, and right. and you know they, they had I think they won t- all, all three games they played, uh, including. You know, a couple, a blowout here, and then you know another double-digit victory in Utah, and it was like they couldn't stop the pick and roll. And now they have better defenders, but same action, you know, same schematics, you know, pretty much the same coaching staff outside right. of Ty Lue. So uh, that's going to be interesting to see. And then you know, the Clippers know that that's what Utah's just going to pick and roll you. They got shooters, uh, and so I think that's really the first test of the season. Then they got Halloween, San Antonio. Yep. Rudy Gay's in town. <laughs> My boy. <laughs> uh, so, anything else that stood out to you from tonight? Um, I'm looking at it quickly. They continue to get to the free throw line a lot, which I think is just, you know, Lou, Trez, Kawhi. Like, yeah. That's, that's how they play. And I, I think that's actually nice to kind of have that reliability of to even me, if you're not scoring. You, you're, to me, that's what separates you as an elite offense. It's, you know, um, can you get to the free throw line when your shot's not falling, right? Um, obviously, Golden State always presented a different problem because they were just so fucking efficient at <laughs> shooting the basketball. It's a little bit different. But to me, the best teams can reliably get to the free throw line. They can beat the man in front of them. And, you know, 
put them in disadvantageous positions and put them in positions to foul them. So the fact that they're able to consistently get to the line, that's going to buttress your offense on nights where, you know, Lou William doesn't have it from from outside or Kawhi might be missing his 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 mid-rangers for once. Um, you know, uh, so so the fact that they're able to consistently get to the line and they have great quality shooters at that, um, I think that's, you know, that's going to be huge for them carrying forward. I think, honestly, just watching tonight's game, um, they're clearly comfortable with each other already. Uh, they're learning, you know, because it's, it's one thing when you got your one action and then you got your second action. They're, like, they're learning their second and third actions off of each other, learning each other's chemistries. Uh, Kawhi, again, like everybody's getting used to his playmaking ability, and I can't stress that enough because, again, that was his biggest weakness offensively, and he has shown a willingness and not just the willingness to pass it, just is able to read what the defense is giving him. It's been yeah, incredible. That, like, no look through three guys to zoo was for crazy. the one. Yeah, that was incredible. Um, he was – he was zo- and he didn't – I'm think i pretty sure Shaman missed it in the corner, but Kawhi was zooming down the court. He, everybody thought he was going to the paint, and he just zipped a perfectly online pass to Shaman for an open corner three. These are the kind of looks that, you know, if you're generating those consistently on offense, that's just going to make you – just poison for defenses. Your sweatpants are on for the day. You're chilling, lounging on the couch, but you're sick of microwave leftovers and frozen pizza. Enter DoorDash, restaurant quality food with a living room dress code. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code CLIPPERS. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code CLIPPERS. Don't forget, that's promo code CLIPPERS for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. So final thought for me, uh, as they're they're literally like packing up the seats while we're sitting, <laughs> we're, we're about to get stuck at Staples, but um, Shamit, I, I thought Shamit really set the tone for this team offensively. Um, you know, they, they got off to a really slow start in that Phoenix game. And I think similar to J.J. Redick, the impact he used to have on the Lob City Clippers and the impact he had in Philly when he was there is when you get him going off the, off the baseline, floppy actions, um, you know, getting him open looks. And that was like Shamit had not – I think he had scored like just over, I want to say, 25 points combined through the first three games. So for him to get 16 tonight, four threes in the first, get him going, I think that's a good sign for them if they can continue that because, you know – when you get your, your floor spacer going, that usually opens up the rest of your offense because now the defense has to key in on him even more. So I think for them moving forward, in 35 minutes for him tonight, like I think they're going to lean on Landry a little bit more. With, with you know, Like Doc said pregame, you know, Pat's up there in age, Lou's up there in age. They're going to have to monitor those guys' minutes on top of Kawhi, on top of PG when he comes back. So I think Landry's the one guy to watch where you know, if he can take on more responsibility as a ball handler, they've been running him and pick and roll more. Uh, if he can continue to, to find ways to get open and, and, you know, Golden State took him out of that playoff series. Uh, and that was something he, he really worked on all summer was finding tricks to get open when a defender's in your jersey, a bigger guy. Yep. So I think that's something to kind of a positive note from today and to take forward, you know, moving forward is Landry Shamit, uh, you know, kind of had his breakout game of the season. And I think, you know, only, only more good to come from Landry as I think he's going to have a really critical role on this team. Uh, outside of that, 
Uh, you know, the three-point defense in the second half I, I thought was much better. Uh, you know, Clippers won the rebounding battle, which they haven't won uh, that much to start the season. Only allowed nine offensive rebounds. Uh, turnovers were pretty bad in the first half, but they, they cleaned that up uh, a little bit in the second half. So, yeah, uh, I'll be back with Tony Jones, our Utah Jazz beat writer, after the Utah game on Wednesday, uh, signing out from Staples. I'm Yovan Buha. This is Big Waz. Where can they find you on Twitter and Instagram? Uh, B-I-G-W-O-S on every single social media platform. Just find Big Waz and, yeah, follow me. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Clip City podcast. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Yovan Buha. It's at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. Of course, read me on The Athletic. I just recently wrote about Kawhi Leonard's load management program with the Clippers and why I think it's a sensible approach long-term for the team's chances in the playoffs and why I think it makes sense. There's been a lot of signs pointing to Kawhi resting, you know, having a minutes limit, minutes range, whatever you want to call it. And I, I think, you know, I, I think I tried to lay out sort of what the Clippers are thinking, you know, some things I've heard and, and, you know, just kind of breaking that all down. So if you haven't subscribed yet to the athletic, please do so check out that story. And of course, rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, anywhere you get your podcasts. And of course, if you're listening to this on the Athletic app, we appreciate it. I will talk to you guys in a couple of days.